Hi everybody. Uh, this is me. I don't like that at all. Um, <laughs> cut this. Um, uh, that was so terrible. <laughs> it's fine. I felt like a children's show performer there. Um, I I waved with both hands um, to make it go like, away. I truly did. Yeah, I did like the clown. Like hello there. Um, I could introduce um, you if you but... want to go to reverse land. <laughs> you know, I don't. I love, fuck it, yeah, introduce me, introduce me, let's do this. Hello everyone, welcome to the land of cheese and sauce. You're about to be listening to Jacob Cordes, who is our DM, and will be interviewing me, Jessica, who plays Pepper today. Yeah, hello everybody, uh, thank you for that wonderful intro. Um, we are doing a special interview um, episode to do whenever anybody is unavailable for play. We have two players who currently this week aren't able to play. So instead, we're going to be doing this awesome conversation. Uh, we're going to be going through and doing them with everybody. Uh, you might have already heard the one we did with Nick, um, um, where I was able to find a way to cram in the phrase, all cops are bastards. I look forward to cramming that into this interview. Um <laughs> uh nick and chris are currently off um nick is meeting i believe nick's meeting his um his well, his his fiance's parents for the first time for the first time um, so damn. it's like wow. you know yeah so congratulations to him um and i think chris is in the woods which pretty much tracks if you ever get a chance to meet chris Aww. um but the person the two people talking today are not in the woods currently i don't believe um um so welcome uh jess i'm just excited to because your your character is um uh easily like playing with you has been always very fun because i've had a chance to play with you in a couple different like game systems um and even in like the short little bit of time we've been playing it's been just like a blast with your you were the best at i've i've ever read into at making the wildest versions of good characters i've ever seen like morally good people who just get up to the most nonsensical bullshit <laughs> thank you that's um, that's such a lovely compliment <laughs> you i was i was curious as to like how did you get started in tabletop role playing games like where did that come from and where do these like really cool takes on like kind of like the D, &D content of chaotic good come from yes chaotic good that would be a good title for the episode i think um well i i i always thought that D, &D would be something that i might enjoy and i kept getting repelled by bad experiences and coming back to it like like you know that one person you really shouldn't be dating but they have a leather jacket and they have a really roguish smile you know mm -hmm. um, oh yeah 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 so like I, I sat next to this guy once who was, I was an intern and he was frowning and I said, oh, what's wrong? And he's like, I've written myself into a corner. And I was like, oh, what's happened? And he said, well, I'm a dungeon master. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, he said, D Dungeons and Dragons. It's not like, um, anyway, he told me his problem and I said, <laughs> I, I suggested some solutions. And I basically spent the next week that I was temping there just brainstorming ideas for his campaign um, and actually made him tear up that. for some of the endings I suggested. And he was like, you should play. <laughs> um, and I went to the website and the first thing it said was, please choose your class and race. And I was like, this doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. D&D is re really bad about it's like, uh, it, it's 
they, they're getting better about it, but the politics of D&D are really, really uncomfortable, especially, especially, I think, on, like, the racial side of it, where it's just so much racial essentialism, mm. just nonstop. Where I it's just it, like, it oh, makes, you want to be this one group? I think it makes sense if you're in it, like, if you've been sort of immersed in Tolkien and stuff like that, you've grown up with it, and you can sort of bear with the imperfections and unfairness of it. But for me... yeah walking in cold into this very strange world. I was just like, what the ever-loving fuck is this? Um, and I, I ran away. So that was breakup number one. And then I gave it a go uh -huh. and I played it for real in a couple of pubs in London and had some really wonderful experiences. Um, and then I had a really awful RPG horror, horror story uh, experience. Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Um, it. In, in a nutshell, um, I was playing a warlock, which I am now as well, and mm -hmm. she's a halfling, um, and she got into a, a cart crash and got crushed by some barrels of ale, which happened. Um, and by the way, I was so new to this that I didn't even know what AC and DC stood for. Like, I didn't know what hit points were. <laughs> I didn't know anything. I would just be like, I want to do this. How do I do that? And people would stare at me like, have you just tried to try to invent grilled cheese? And I'm like, well, why not? And so, you know, I was very new to it. Um, <laughs> and my poor halfling was half dead. Um, huh, sorry, that wasn't a pun. Um, and so I said, okay, she needs to get back to the tavern. She's badly injured. I don't want her to try and walk. I want to charm that guy over there, whoever is tallest and strongest. Um, charm him into just mm -hmm. carrying me home because I've got no money um, and DM let me roll for it and I was very successful and this big human picks me up and carries me back to the tavern and then the DM's like okay so the human carries you upstairs and shuts the door behind you and I was like oh what yeah that's a um and he he basically wanted to role play all of that even though I didn't want to, and my character didn't want to, and the other person at the table was quietly freaking out, and it just ended with me just sitting there, like with my head in my hands, going, "I don't want this to happen. How do I, how do I make this not happen? Is there, is there no way yeah. I can?" Um, and I think he felt sorry for me, and so he like let me roll to escape, and I did, but I like I remember walking home and thinking, "Oh God, like." How am I going to explain this to my um, then girlfriend, now wife? Like, how am I going to explain to her why I feel so utterly miserable? Like, what, yeah. how can I even put into words what a shit evening this was? And why did I ever think it was a good idea to let strangers run loose in my imagination? Like, <laughs> so it that is, was it. It is yeah. really weird trying to explain when you have like a really bad experience playing a game like this mm -hmm. it's very very hard to explain how bad it was unless it's like comically like over the top bad um because yeah. it is it's so it's like it's it, a lot of times it will just be describing a fantasy situation that on its surface may not be like the worst thing but as soon as you add in the role-playing element becomes just miserable to deal with like that's the, that is like a really good example of of like the safety not being taken into consideration where that could be in the right game that could be like a funny small thing or that could be totally fine or that could be like uh, like in this case deeply inappropriate and the only way you're going to know that is if you do the proper safety do proper safety setup absolutely and i'm learning that like D, D sessions make make us little sense and are as uninteresting to other people who, are, who weren't in that session as my actual dreams were. 
And like it was a house, but it was also a baby, and it was crying. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know the one. I'm, you actually know the session I'm talking about with the house crying. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, like you were, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just it's it feels so ephemeral. But it really, anyway. I didn't play again until the pandemic because I thought playing online's good because no one can follow me home. Um, I didn't really know about doxing then. Um, and I'm then sorry. I just I just met an awesome group of people um, from all around the world who are really kind mm. to me and really generous and um, and some of them are now my best friends and I I don't think I've done many things that have made me as happy as ttrpgs do yeah that's how i mean that's how we met and i'm very happy to like to have met you i remember the first the first session you played in um let me do my favorite thing is it like every gm has i feel like as a new gm too um there's that wonderful moment where you as a gm just get to sit back as you've done such a good job of building the world and giving a place for the characters to run wild in that they just spend like two hours playing a weird game together and you're just like okay yeah everyone's having fun like i don't have to do anything so it is like the first what what was happening in our weird dream uh, first session you were in, you spent 90 minutes of a three-hour session playing Never Have I Ever in character. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, the other players hadn't really role Like, they role-played, but not that much. Um, like, I, I, not from a lack of wanting to do it, just from a lack of knowledge or comfortability about how to do it. And you could hear the other players learning how to role-play in the moment and getting super invested and involved and, like... It had, like, the best thing I compared to is it had sleepover energy. Yes. Where there was just, like, a lot of giggling and a lot of, like, just ridiculousness that really made it one of one of the truly just straight-up favorite sessions I've ever ran. Cause it's, oh, thank you. You never, so, yeah, of course. But you never really would, like, jump in that quickly and get that immediate just like oh this is uh, another element of the game and this is this is how to make it so it's fun for literally every person and everybody like so much of the time when you have a new player join in they might be able to do that with one or two players but you you were able to to do literally everybody and they were all participating in their own way in this kind of wacky game um that's still forwarded like plot environment and like tone all of that which is very very hard to do i didn't wow um thank you i think it i that's again a really wonderful compliment and um i think it helps that i didn't know what to expect when i started doing this like i didn't Mm -hmm. have any set ideas on how how a character should be um i guess what i mean is i thought they're all people um in a story so i'm going to treat them all like people in a story rather than like cliches or archetypes or something like that um and I'm going to approach this the way I would approach anything else. Like, um, I remember um, in one of my first games, um, one of my characters was walking around in the snow um, in her slippers. So the first thing I did when I got to a tavern was say, oh, could you please put this on top of the fireplace for me? Um, And everyone was sort of surprised by that. But I was like, of course, she has wet feet. That's so uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, have you never had soggy, soggy socks on? And they're like, well, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I didn't know I couldn't that's, do that, um, and and that's that was kind of a blessing. Those are the details that I love DMing the most as well. Is I love those a little of 
like ground grind grounding it in those small like no if you were walking around in the snow for for 12 straight hours you would be miserably cold like like you you forget as a player in a warm house that this mm. is brutally uncomfortable that, that this is your 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 character sort of gotten used to it but getting used to it doesn't mean it doesn't suck it just means it sucks a little bit less mm. so like constantly being able to bring that up and like engage with that and making it so the players kind of have that um like a more i guess i guess because i come from like a very like theatery place um yeah. of a more uh providing that verisimilitude while you're playing I love verisimilitude, generic verisimilitude, woo! Um, And I think that, like, it's important in any kind of fiction where you're so far away from the life you normally live in, I hope, um, (laughs) (laughs) that you you make sure that you touch in with things that people can relate to. Like, one of the things that... Everyone, sorry, I was about to say everyone loves Star Trek. I don't know if that's true. But one of the things that stays with me is that Captain Picard drinks what kind of tea? <laughs> yeah. You, Earl Grey. I, I, I haven't seen Star <laughs> Trek in so long. And even still, I'm immediately like, oh, yeah. It's like when I think of Captain Picard, the first thing I think is just like, oh, he really dislikes the kid on the ship. Like, oh, yeah. it's not any of the heroic adventures. It's the, and that's not to diminish the character. It's just, a, it's it's that personality that actually comes through. Absolutely. It's really, like, I come from a sort of um, a teaching background. I used to work with kids with special needs and I taught mm. a lot as well because, because the school system in where I live is so broken. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. I, I cut <laughs> my teeth on being in rooms full of, people whose prefrontal cortexes weren't set, who were very quickly bored, who were brutal with anyone who they didn't find interesting, um, and who didn't really want to be there. So I had to learn really, really fucking fast how to include everybody all the time and how to get, and how to be, how to consider how other people were receiving something. Um, Anyway, yeah. Oh, no, I... I, I went a similar route and just was very bad at it where I uh, I did stand up in bars, which is where Ooh. people's prefrontal cortexes are impaired and they are Ooh. don't want to hear you and don't want to listen to you and are very, uh, very much don't want you to be speaking to them. Um, why, why are stand up audiences so mean? Like, they're not mean once you're in like a club. They're mean when you're in a bar. And there is, I think part of it is too, is that if you, because I've, I've like written like drama stuff and like had that gotten to stage it a little bit. And I still love doing that kind of work and I'm working on stuff now like that, but it's not as hard. If an audience is completely quiet through like a 90 minute dramatic piece, you go, mm. you can, even if they only like semi liked it, you're like, Oh, okay. They still like, that's like a, that's a B minus. Right. If an yeah. audience is quiet in like a, for while you're doing stand up. And uh, when you're doing any comedy, it's much harsher. And then when you're doing stand-up, it's like, it's only you. You get no one else to blame. You get no one, you wrote the material, you're doing the material. It's all comes down to you in a very real way. And you can, un- I mean, I was bad about it at the time of trying to be like, oh, they're just, they don't, you know, they don't want to listen, you know. They but like, really, it. it's like. Uncultured yeah. Philistines. Yeah. Truly, there was like a real, like, it took me a really long time to like, honestly, it took me quitting stand up to fully realize that like, no, like, I was the problem. 
Like, I'm not winning any awards because I'm so dedicated to my art that I refuse to refuse to uh, uh, modify it for the crowd. <laughs> like, no, like oh. that's not like like this is. Yeah, I. W- I mean, I was. Yeah, it was a real that struggle. That sounds like a very, a very young Jacob. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was doing. I started doing stand up when I was like eighteen. Um, oh. No, I started. I first time to stand up, I was sixteen, um, and it was like way too early to be doing stuff like that. Um, yeah, or maybe yeah. if I was like more mature, it would have been fine. But like, I I was not in a place where that was a good idea to be doing. And so like, I just started like grinding, like gritting my teeth and going like, "Oh, you don't like this joke? You're definitely not gonna like this one." And they'd be like, "Why did I bomb?" And it's like, well, because <laughs> you got really adversarial like, with the crowd. Because you because you actively antagonized them like how yeah <laughs> i'm so sorry no yeah. no 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 no. i did it 100 percent to myself um nobody forced me to go out to mics like every night um i but i think when you can like i think D or like any tabletop game in general because i don't want to intentionally make them synonymous is um like so good about forcing you to have to deal with other people and what they want because i can throw you know whatever plot hooks i want in front of you but if you don't give a shit about those plot hooks that's you know that's a notebook worth of work which is kind of why i've switched over to being so improv heavy is that like there's no good reason for me to plot out a bunch of stuff if i don't know what the thing is you care about and if you start caring about some weird plot angle then that's where I need to go. And that's going to be way more satisfying and interesting than the thing I wrote that was like volcano equals Jesus question mark. Like that's, that's not going to be nearly as interesting. No, it's true. And I think that that flexibility and openness that you're talking about is also very important for players. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I've seen a lot of people come into games with a fairly rigid idea of what they want their character to do and be. Um, but not just in in the moment like how they arrive but how they're going to grow um and they don't that i i did that obviously everyone goes why am i pretending like i didn't do that of course i bloody did (laughs) everyone goes through that we both we uh, yeah we both did this i was I was a miserably bad player for literal years because I was just doing these like high concept bullshits that was just frustrating for anybody to be around like a hundred percent like, there's no point in saying, I want my character to have a redemption arc. When you're doing a one-shot, we don't have time for redemption Oh, arc. yeah. You know, like, or it's it's so important that you sort of come with a very firm idea of who they are. I mean, sorry, this is the way I do it. This isn't going to work for everyone. Come with oh, a really you're, you're, firm idea of... Oh, cool. Um, don't give me that kind of power, Jacob. It's not good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, um... You know, come with a, with a solid idea of who your character is and what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and think about how they would react in lots of different situations and have an idea of roughly where you want them to go in terms of their their literal character. So rather than thinking, oh, you know, my barbarian is going to open up a tavern, maybe think my barbarian is going to mm-hmm. learn how to settle down and be content where they are. Um, yeah. And I think that's the key to chaotic good characters. Honestly, like, let them be flexible and vulnerable and let them make mistakes and be really alive and switched on to what the other players are doing. Um, and be 100%. sure to give give other characters a... Be like Lego. Like, contained and you make sense and love yourself, but you have lots of opportunities to connect with everybody else. So, like, what I'm trying to do with Pepper is... Um, she's really flawed... But she's flawed mm-hmm. in 
she's not flawed in a way that makes her stand silently in the corner like a rogue I definitely never played, um, scowling at everyone. <laughs> Honestly, she's I cannot flawed. imagine you playing that rogue. I think it lasted two minutes, and I started giggling. Yeah, that's... A... Um, <laughs> that's way more um, imposing, is your rogue just standing in the corner giggling at people or like, <laughs> cutting an apple? Yeah, like knitting menacingly, um, which is definitely doable. Um, so yeah, Pepper is very flawed. She's 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 a coward, you know? Um, she's very afraid of everything, and that makes her sort of grumpy. Um, and I wanted to make sure that whatever flaws she had, which is essential in a character, it was the mm. kind of flaw that would act like Velcro and bind her to the people around her. Like, make yeah, sure that you yeah, design really design your that. character in such a way that everything that's right and wrong with them allows them to mesh with everyone else and allows them to go on an adventure. Like, I've had so many yeah. players, like... I had a player once who was very sweet, but decided to make an angry character, and Pepper's kind of angry too, but angry in such a way that they basically got themselves killed in the first session. And I was, I had to like go out of my way to rescue them because I spent four hours working on them on their backstory. And I was fucking livid. Like, I don't want to hear, well, that's what my character would do. It's your job to design a character who is durable. You yeah, know? I feel like a lot of people come in with that video game mindset of like, oh, I can go up and kill this person. There's no consequences. Like, no, like this, like, there are people who run games like that, and that's fine. That that's, that's what you want. That's fine. But I, I know I don't. And in the games of yours that I've played, um, like you don't seem to do that either. Where it's like, no, like you need consequences. You need very, yeah. very real consequences for your choices. If you're rude to somebody, they know people. Like, no one's an island. So you being yeah. rude to someone can have like can have you know rippling out just effects in this small area especially in, when you're talking about a town of like 50 people yeah. like you don't get to be rude to the mayor without somebody finding out um Absolutely. let alone kill a guard and walk away with it um, which is why my characters usually say please uh, and thank you um yeah it just yeah. makes sense in in your game my character has like and and jess is one of the few people who gets to like of the of all the people playing the game jess is one of two people who's who's uh who's like uh of the players uh they're one of the two people who's dm me it's truly a great dm highly 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 uh recommend i love playing with you um but Thank you. i'm on start playing like <laughs> start play start playing dot games um yeah. as uh everybody's cell phone recorded advertisements uh will remind you <laughs> um um, <laughs> um that's but yeah we um what was i gonna say um Oh, but, like, I, I very much, like, if only because I'm a deeply angry person, like, I have just, I just, like, like if we're talking, like, emotionally, that's the, one of the biggest things to struggle with is anger. Um, uh, a lot of my characters end up having anger issues. My current character in your game has that, like, um, has that anger very much there, but the whole to make it so they could work in the confines of a game is the idea of like well what happens when you've like processed and kind of weaponized your anger for when you need it mm. so you're able to so you're still angry like you should you shouldn't stop being angry that's not healthy but you should especially if your baseline is like oh the world sucks well like how do you make that into something that's actually productive um yes. and that's like there's been a couple of times where he's actually snapped at people and it's generally been when someone's like says something mildly offensive and he's just like oh no 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 you're a piece of shit like I hey hang I on a second that. hang on a second in defense of your character um he was protecting a tiny fairy who was made of paper whose name is leaflet mm -hmm. 
um, and someone was basically going to put her through the shredder. So I think it's okay yeah. to be mad about things like that. And I think well, it's okay yeah, I'm to not saying it's wrong yeah. to be mad. I'm just it, saying that, that like it's. <laughs> they were trying to like, shred leaflet. From zero to one hundred. <laughs> yeah, he went to zero to one hundred real fast in that situation. And that's okay um, because you had you had an eye on the story, you know. Like yeah, I think that yeah. evil characters can work, chaotic characters mm -hmm. can work, even lawful good characters can work. But whatever you choose to do, you must always remember that you're playing a game with other people and keep an eye on the narrative. And always, yeah. always, it's kind of like being in a choir, you know. Make sure you, as you are singing yourself, you're listening to everyone around you and giving everyone 100%. else opportunities to connect with you. Um, and if you can do that, then almost any character can work. Like, I almost played a, a wizard once who was um, a mad wizard who'd been cursed into being good. So they were sort of mm -hmm. lawful evil, having a holiday in the world of lawful goodfulness. And they wow, would, like, rant idea. about, that's like, really good idea. I will forgive you until your children feel the benefit of my compassion. And just, like, <laughs> it, it can work. <laughs> I love it. I had a, I had this like feel like it was feel like he was lawful evil. He might have been true neutral. Um, might have been somewhere in that like realm. Um, wizard that I played where I took one of the UA classes and I found a way to make basically a greed wizard. So they, what they, their whole thing was just that they could uh, incite greed in people. And one of the UA subclasses, you can like spend a certain times a day like change what someone's save is. So I would identify what your save is your weakest, and then force you to get and then make do use insight greed and then change the save to whatever I want it to be, and then just throw a gem and just race the hell away from you because uh, oh. I can't fight, but I can make you want this gem. Um, but I made them as this like super snotty rich kid. Um, but it was always a, it, they were always very like no I'm gonna like work with the group and keep pushing everything forward very much so if any but, but the way they kind of like a lot of that manifested was them being like snobby about what we were doing so we were still doing the thing but I wanted to do it to prove that it was bad to a certain degree so yes. I had like like um I came from the, his name was Alistair Bentley from the Bentley wagon family um he oh, had boy. old wagon money um so he was constantly talking about these middle class wagons and how like these aren't these aren't the tour wagons you should be using and stuff like that um and getting upset like oh like about the wheel design and and how like they're wasting all this space on these spokes and stuff like that um yeah, which made good. it very like, yeah it's, and it's the kind of thing it's where, a like, flaw it, that it, moves you forward it's a flaw that moves yeah. you towards other characters towards the ending of the story or that towards interesting things that could happen in the story like, yeah, and I, it builds an arc, too. Immediately, yeah. it builds an arc, it builds something into the world, so that you have, like, this is a small thing the DM can choose to play with if they want to. If they don't, they don't have to. Like, it's mm. I still get to do the character, and there's, like, an easy built-in arc to a certain degree of, like, he needs to learn to not be such a piece of shit. So you get to do that in any number of ways, and because I'm playing a wizard, I'm going to go down a bunch, so it's a very easy thing to have him slowly come to terms with, like, oh, no, like, you do have to fight and stand up for yourself send it for other people so that they'll fight mm -hmm. with you you cannot just hide in trees and throw gems until people leave you alone yeah i think i completely agree and one of my favorite flaws that i put into a chaotic good character that i played once who's one of my favorites mm -hmm. she was a wizard um and she'd um been the victim of medical malpractice and suffered from Whoa, a lot cool. of yeah suffered from a lot of um depression um mm -hmm. And that's how I explained her running out of spell slots so quickly. 
it was like she was trying to get her stamina back up for magic. Oh, like she had been like so cool. Yeah, she'd been like a competent wizard working a full time wizard job, and then she had mm-hmm. this this horrible thing happen to her. And she was just like when they first met her, she was down to her cantrips, um, and like mm-hmm. bit by bit by bit, she's getting healthier. And so yeah, her flaws worked mechanically because it showed why she was like very powerful, but also very very brittle. Um, yeah. And it was also like a really nice way to connect with other characters. Because she wore her heart on her sleeve so much, she'd be fine of saying, "God, I just I, I don't know if I can do this," or like, "Oh, I, I I feel completely overwhelmed. I need to take a rest." And it would give other characters the space to be like, "Yeah, my dad got eaten mm-hmm. by a bear as well. Like that's really <laughs> um, like you know. I always really enjoy it when people are new to role play, and I see echoes of myself when someone's like, "Oh, you know, um, I feel really sad because I stole something and someone got killed because of it." And everyone around them's like, oh, you know, the the state sucks, or I, you didn't know what was going to happen. And then one player's like, mm. I once ate the sun, and it really hurts. <laughs> and you're kind of like, ah, oh, I see what you're doing. You're connecting on, you're trying to connect to me in terms of pain and doing something that's not appropriate. But mm-hmm. keep yeah, trying. Like, um, that's a healthy sign. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like I feel like games because we've played we we've played a bunch of systems together, um, and I feel like that's a that's something that like the powered by the apocalypse games that we've played in. Because um, I play in your uh, Monster of the Week game, and I um, mean you've played. I think I think you played in glitter by a little like a one shot with glitter hearts. Um, yeah, I think there was another powered by the apocalypse game you might have played in with me. Um, where I've it's done thirty very... sword lesbians as well. Yeah. Oh God, I love that game. Um, um but it's very like free um in regards to that where it, it kind of helps you for especially for new players it's really great about just being like this is the this is the world your character exists in very very quickly so you can mm-hmm. rp way faster than you can do anything else and something like D isn't exactly the greatest at promoting like that kind of play whereas like powered by the apocalypse games will almost automatically start you off with like this is the archetype you feel narratively these are this is like we have built-in kind of weaknesses that tie into your archetype you know this is mm-hmm. using that the playbook method i think works really well to kind of inform how to do that kind of play mm, absolutely and i think i think i was really frustrated with D for a long time because I felt like I had to sort of wade through concrete, well, wet concrete, obviously, um, to do <laughs> what I cared about the most, which was just exploring a fantasy world and solving problems. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm realizing that it's it's not the only way to play. There are other systems which are more suited to role play and storytelling. Um, oh, no. And it makes me wonder how D and D got to the weird situation where it is it's like people are using it like it's a spoon when it's a fork and we are kind of making it work but i'm not really sure how how we got here yeah i feel like now especially um if only because it's so ubiquitous 5e has become like a um like is people treat 5e like it's a generic system like generic d20 or gurps or savage worlds or any of those games which are built explicitly so you can do anything in them like as long as you like the mechanics they're great um and it's a lot of times generic you know you're finding what you want to do there but D isn't that DD is a very specific kind of game so when i'm trying like as a dm when i'm trying to run D, I am trying to do 
the best version of the game DD is kind of built to be which is a semi-combat heavy i semi-combat heavy um like rp experience like it is it is about building out i i think of it like an exploration combat game where it should be yeah. like a hero's journey out um compared to like if i'm running like we're you know you've you played in like call of cthulhu which is very it's it's a there's it's all just detective work and it's all just like very methodically paced and very very careful and considered and then you compare that to like you played in gl the glitter hearts one and it was just like ridiculous and kind of wacky that's kind of the joy of doing this like magic girl narrative and we're about to play um yeah we play other games we're about to play wet hot american summer um uh the role play game after this which is amazing but it's just like straight absurdist comedy uh, <laughs> excellent and, like that's all it is like it's it's you play over one day of camp um and if you've ever seen like the show it does a show or movie it does exactly that where it's just like you're going almost like minute by minute um through it as impossible number of things happen over it um i've never done I've, like, i have no idea like once again i'm walking into this completely i i've never been to your average summer camp went to some weird strictly religious ones when i was a kid but like not a normal summer camp. um i've never been to the us and i was never 13 it never happened that's so funny. but like um yeah i have no idea what's about to happen and that's okay like you get i think that's probably the best advice i could i i am still stunned that uh at the the many kind things you said at the start of the episode about me being good at doing characters who are morally good but still interesting um and i think the key to that is just being open to what happens around you and don't yeah. be afraid of not knowing stuff um and top tip yeah. if you're a if you're a chatterbox like me and you really love talking make sure like make damn write it on your hand if you have to make sure that all of your reactions and actions and talking as much as you possibly can is stuff about other people and not just stuff yeah, where you're dunking on someone where you're like expositioning at them ask questions about people like what's your favorite food or why are you here where did you get your shoes why are you a pirate like make sure that your character is curious and interacting with genuinely interacting with everybody else and you'll be using your chatterboxiness for the power of good well, absolutely. Totally agree. I'm a very talkative person um, and I have to like build that into character so that there is a so that the fact that I won't shut up is kind of positioned into them um, so mm. I can keep like and doing that's exactly right is like making it so you're talking about other people and that you're constantly bringing them involved with it, um, constantly throwing it to other people. Always. Like no, like have constantly bringing other people into whatever ridiculous bullshit you've dragged everybody into is the that way they are engaged too because it's very easy to accidentally turn a scene into just you and another person and we're talking like especially when we're talking about like D&D which what most people play at this point you're talking about like normally like a party of like four to six people mm. and it's easy to turn an RP that scene into one person talks to one person while five people awkwardly stand to the side yes oh even and less it's so one person think about. corners one person and talks at them about their sad backstory um, mm -hmm. I think one of my favorite insults my, I ever, ever had a character say was, I refuse to be party to your redemption arc. Um, <laughs> and then she like, really slammed good. the door and walked away, which was fun. But yeah, um, two word advice, 
ask questions. That's it. Mm -hmm. in, in role play, ask questions. Just ask questions and be curious about the people around you. Make sure that they're also feeling comfortable. Make sure that you're weaving everyone together. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, just like in the adventures themselves, you've got to work together to make this work. Don't leave anyone oh, yeah. behind. Um, my, those are both wonderful. I feel like this is like a perfect place to edit this giving advice. So I'm going to, if I may, I'd like to include this, um, which is uh, if you don't know your way around what to do, make that into your character trait. Because oh, yeah. there's no better way to get around the fact that you don't know, like, oh, I don't know, you know, how I'm supposed to attack or do whatever. Well, you're level one or you're a mm -hmm. new hero. Make that's totally fine. Your character shouldn't be coming in like, I have a master warrior with years of training. It's like, no, you're not. Like, you can be just a normal, a normal dude who gets dragged into the circumstances, and now you have to kind of figure it out. Mm. And that makes Ooh, it is you I, don't know the sorry. lore, like, oh, you're from a small town and you've never had a chance to see the world. It's the classic, like, Lord of the Rings thing where you can mm. kind of get around the fact they don't know anything and you can constantly have exposition dumps because they don't know anything. They are from a sm yeah. they're small country. They're, I mean, most of those, most of the hobbits are royals, but like, you know, they're small country nobility. So they're like, they don't know. Except Samwise. Yes. Samwise is is, is middle class representation. Um, everybody else is is nobility. Uh, thank God for Samwise. Samwise is just too precious for for any earth, um, little or otherwise. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's a good one. Like I've often played characters who essentially lived under a rock because they didn't know what was going mm -hmm. on. Like I remember when my wizard mm -hmm. found out that there was more than one cobalt library, and she had a fucking meltdown. Because she'd spent the last three, like three months of real time, a month of game time, trying to find the Cobalt Library, and she's like, "There's more than one. Which one is it? Yeah. I can't do this. It's fine." Um, or if you really want to, let's be honest. Like role play is a very silly thing to do, a very exposing thing to do, and it can be very anxiety-inducing. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a character who is extremely competent. Um, who is like the chosen one let them do that but not at this you know maybe like yeah. they are the best what would what would it be like to go on a quest of gordon ramsay <laughs> like yeah I wouldn't love that, that be interesting oh 100 i love i love taking i love taking those kind of small um those you don't belong in an adventure kind of situation um yeah. and forcing you to kind of deal with that or just and that 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 remove from your normal positioning um yeah. and it's a lot of times too it, it boils down to in my at least in my mind that like most people wouldn't want to be adventurers being an adventurer in D D is dumb messy like, dirty it is not a, deadly yeah like like it makes sense from like a player perspective this is fun and this is exciting and i get to puzzle solve and do all this kind of stuff but from a player perspective from a character perspective why are you doing this to yourself like yeah. if your friend told you yeah i'm gonna spend the rest of my life diving into dungeons and fighting impossible creatures don't worry i'll get stronger from it like okay you tell them to stop <laughs> and to like take care of themselves and like maybe think about it like they're not in you're not in the wrong for telling them maybe like consider your life choices so like why is your person willing to put their life at risk like that and the life of others at risk as like you can 
every hero story is just, oh, this one person went off and then 500 people died around them. They're very lucky they got through that. <laughs> it's just the guy do you hear that and just go, yeah, I want to be like Odysseus. That sounds like a solid plan. I want to have uh, to win an archery contest and then salt and then have a climax after that. Um, sorry, I'm still angry at Homer. Um, that's okay. Homer's truly the worst great. ending. I, just My truly the worst ending of an epic. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 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 uh, just for the folks at home who haven't got smell of vision. I'm making Caribbean chicken, mm-hmm. um, which is brown rice and kidney beans and. Um, coconut milk and a spice mix that my dad made and it's well it's so cool. yeah just about finished yeah did you um can oh, i mail man, you some so, food so yeah <laughs> please yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mail you some food, some food. There's, oh my gosh. there's like a there's like a uh there's, there's like a couple of caribbean and jamaican places near me and i might now have to just go and get some like get something i might get oxtail yeah. i haven't had oxtail in a while oh my god no. it's so good so, so like, delicious um, but before before I go and stop my oven from crying, um, mm-hmm. I was absolutely shitting myself before I started this. Like, I've never done anything quite like this. I'm not a comedian, nice. I'm not an actor or a voice actor, um, except in that I pretend to be normal and neurotypical quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and I honestly felt like I have no idea why. Like, the worst imposter syndrome... Um, but yeah. you all have been really kind, and Aww. even though I have no idea, well, no idea what I honestly feel like I'm in an adventure story. Like I don't know why I'm on this quest. I have no idea why I was chosen, but I guess I have been. So I just, I just got to do well, the best I can. Um, and see what happens. I will say, I will say, oh man, because I don't know how much you talked about this or not, and I know you have to. At least we'll we'll end it right around here. I I just wanted you were. You were the person that, out of everybody I asked, I stressed the most out about, and I like yeah, I am pretty fucking chaotic. Yeah, well, well, it was more like (laughs) because because you don't have a background in it. I I knew you could do it. Like I knew like I'd played with you enough and played with you across enough games where I had zero doubt about your ability to do it. But my anxiety turned into like I don't want to pressure somebody into doing something they don't want to do. So I like was literally checking with like multiple be like, is this appropriate? Is this okay? Like how should I phrase this so that I don't come off like I'm being like I'm for- like I'm being forceful about this. But make sure that it's clear that like they're one of the best players. But I don't want to say you're one of the best players in the things I don't want to make it seem like, oh I'm saying this to make you come join. So how do I phrase like trying to like find the way to be as maximum respectful and give the space to like say no um because i know i've said yes to stuff because people have basically kind of said it in a way where i don't feel the ability to say no and that's so important Uh. is to provide especially when you're talking about like performance you need to give people the room to consent or to not consent so it's like Mm. if trying to find the right way to do it because i really wanted you to do it and I'm very, very happy that you said yes, but I didn't want you to feel obligated to say yes. Um, I probably I'm glad checked I said in yes maybe too. a couple too many times at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I just, it was, um, yeah, it was once you had improvised a full, you improvised an entirely functioning polycule with no setup. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> oh, like this person I need to play with. <laughs> you have no idea how, like, jaw-droppingly amazing it was and i talked to like other people i knew who role play i talked to tw about it and they were just like how like how did they do that like how how was just capable like how did this person do that do they have like experience performing I'm like no i just think they, they're that good <laughs> it was truly the response we had to have which was like god damn yeah it's crazy 
Um, you know what? Um, I told my dad and my stepmom about this, and they they are the super fans, even though they're British and therefore reserved about it. Hi guys. Um, thank when you. I, thank you. Well, yeah, when I pitched it to them, um, and I was like, they they want me to believe in myself, um, and my dad just gave me such a look, um, <laughs> like he was just like, of course, go on. You've had the call. You've had the call to adventure. Yeah, you can't say no. Shit. Um, um, you're, you're, uh, I was trying to make a hero's journey joke, but I couldn't figure out how to make it. Um, which is, yeah, we're all on the hero's journey. We're all on the hero's journey. We're all on it together. (laughs) So keep an eye on your companions and make sure you take a long rest before anything that looks even slightly dodgy. Well, thank you for finding a way to both start and end this episode. Um, I really appreciate you taking the taking the time to like out of your day to talk about it. Um, oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, every thank you everybody for listening. I can't wait for the next episode um, as we go further into the oiled series. Uh, I regret this voice <laughs> choice, but I'm going to stick with it. Uh, you all yeah. have a everybody have a wonderful <laughs> evening. Thank you once again, uh, just for talking with me. All right, bye. This show is made possible thanks to listeners like you. For more great Cheesy Gordita Network content, follow us on social media or go to CheesyGorditaNetwork.com to stay up to date. Thank you for your support and stay Baja blessed. <laughs>